What's up, boys and girls, and to all my misfits around the world? I'm your host, Rampage the Misfit, and you're tuned in to Misfit Minded, where I bring you everything movie and music related. Today is Tuesday, January 1st, 2019. Happy New Year, everybody. 2018 was crazy. I watched a lot of movies, some of them good, a lot of them good, and some of them bad. But for this episode, I want to shine the light on the best of the best. My top 10 uh, movies from 2018 and then maybe a few honorable mentions and i just got out of seeing aquaman in theaters and i will share my thoughts with that and that's what we got going for the episode today and i'm thinking i'm gonna go uh for tomorrow's episode into some more underrated films from 2018 that you might not have seen or heard of but i think that you guys should go and revisit like i said i've been catching up on a lot from last year now sounds crazy to say but so Aquaman is fresh on my mind. I need to talk about it. So let's get into that right now. So Aquaman, the big question is, is this a win for DC and the DCU? Well, let me just say, hell yes. This is what fans like me have been waiting for when we said like the DCU movies weren't up to par with marvel it's not that like i'm not saying that every dc movie has to be super upbeat and fun but like dc just cranked out these three hour boring dark movies with no sense of purpose and that just dragged and they were just slow and so this clocks in at two and a half hours aquaman and i had such a fun time seeing it even though like my seats weren't the best it was a pretty packed theater i was in the second row and i usually don't like that i could not keep my eyes off the screen um let's just get into it my pros of what i liked about it so this is simultaneously an origin story uh for aquaman for arthur but also you know him trying to fight for his place in the world and in you know atlantis and the underwater like world that he's not used to because he was raised on earth you know on land but he has all these powers and i I think they balance the two really well um there's two storylines of that i thought that uh, all the performances were really great Uh, from jason momoa like who would have thought that aquaman could be cool but jason momoa He definitely showed some promise in Justice League. I know I kind of harped on him for being like the least helpful (laughs) in terms of the fighting, which I always thought in the comics, like Aquaman was only helpful if there was water around. And so Justice League really didn't help that case. Aquaman completely changed my mind of what, you know, we could do with the character, where it could go, what type of 
tonally this is the most fun dc movie there is i know wonder woman had some like quips they all kind of have jokes in them um wonder woman was more like fish out of water humor this one was just like from aquaman being badass and like just the fun loving drinking fighting uh superhero that he is in this dcu and i loved it i loved that i love the underwater scenes were like just completely mesmerizing like you know and i was looking for stuff to be like batman versus superman where like his cheeks are puffed up underwater like dumb mistakes like that and i really on my first viewing could not find anything like that you know like all the hair was like flowy all the colors from all the different types of creatures there's a lot to keep track in this movie this movie is like an epic long movie and so it's not going to be for everyone you know if you're not a fan of superheroes you might not like this as much but i thought this was a great addition to the dcu dcu and you know i thought that the, the fighting the choreography of it really well done uh james wan he needs to be celebrated for this movie and what he pulled off i think he's one of the you know, most exciting directors um, working today ever since Saw, he showed promise with his angles and just what he brings to film um, and, and any different genre, the action genre, the superhero genre now. Amber Heard, you know, she's not the best actress, but I thought she was, you know, good in what she needed to do and playing um, counterpart to Jason Momoa. Their chemistry was believable. Nicole Kidman and this thing, obviously she kills her role. And I think a lot of the genuine heartfelt moments with her being like his mom and uh, with his parents, with his dad and all that stuff in the beginning really just like set the tone for what the rest of the movie was going to be. And it never let go of me in the entire thing. So if I'm rating this thing, I'm thinking about a four out of five uh, or a three out of four might even go four and a half out of five. You know what? Let's just do that. I, I, I can't lie to myself. I loved it that much. Let's do that. I'm going four and a half out of five or three and a half out of four, whichever ranking system you use. I really enjoyed myself. And I, I think that you got you should go to the theater or IMAX, the biggest screen you can possibly go, because it's just the way it was meant to be seen. It was shot on IMAX cameras. Willem Dafoe was in this as well. Um, just a lot of veteran actors bring height and weight to this thing you feel for the villains each villain has a point of why they're doing what they're doing which is always something that dc struggles with as well um and the mc mcu gets and that's why their villains are always more memorable with killmonger um and loki so i just think that they covered all the bases i was like looking for like is are there interesting villains yes there is is there a touching origin story that needed to tell what his life was like yes there is is it shot interestingly and in an entertaining way and the fighting you know coherent and not just cgi nonsense it is so i think it checked off all my boxes it might i, I can't wait to rewatch this thing and own it on blu-ray i think if i'm if you ask me to rank it, rank the dcu films that Aquaman is at the top of my list. I know I know a lot of people love Wonder Woman. I love Wonder Woman myself, but there is some problems in that third act, um, you know, CGI wise. Um, but as far as like the acting goes and like story structure, 
Wonder Woman might have an edge because Aquaman does have a lot of subplots. It is very long. But as far as like what I'm going to rewatch more, what gave me more of a fun time being in the theater, had more fist bump, like pump moments, I'm going to go Aquaman every time. So what did you guys think of this movie? I'm interested to see to hear what your thoughts are. Please call in and let me know. I'm also going to post my review on Stardust at uh, Misfit Minded on there. If you're interested in checking out, I've been reacting to a lot of newer movies on there as well, catching up and going to Redbox a lot. <laughs> um, so, but that was my Aquaman review. I just had to get that out of the way off my chest because I did enjoy it a lot. Um, and, but let's get into 2018 so we don't have to talk about it anymore and wrap this up. I'm going to be doing my top 10 films. I'm, I'm counting down 10 to 1 right now. And uh, just a couple of thoughts on why they made my top 10. Let's get into it. Okay, some last minute uh, things to go over before I go into my top 10 of the year that I forgot in my Aquaman review right now. So I was saying I would rank it number one in the DCEU. Um... But if I had to like rank the other ones where I ranked the entire DCEU, I would say Aquaman at the top, then Wonder Woman, Justice League, Batman versus Superman, and then Suicide Squad at the very bottom. Um, like I said, I I'm pretty I've watched Wonder Woman enough times to think that I I know that Aquaman is my favorite now. Um, but so I don't think that's gonna change anytime soon. But hopefully, with Shazam coming out this year. Um, that DC is taking notes from Marvel and pumping out some properties that may not be the most popular, but then using that as an opportunity to do something different and make it more fun. Also, one thing I just wanted to mention that I loved in the movie was the music was really cool. as a really like um, atmospheric and electronic. It really fit the underwater scenes. I was scared it was just going to go like full like rock and roll um, like what was in the trailer. And there's only like one scene at the beginning that uses that like guitar um, strum from the trailer. And it's in the same scene they use in the trailer. And then after that, um, it's really consistently good and epic just to fit the tone of the movie. So yeah, go see Aquaman. Has my highest recommendation of like what's in theaters right now. But on to the top 10 of 2018 so we can put it behind us and move on with this year. Coming in at number 10. This movie completely took me by surprise. I had no idea it would be this good or even in my top 10 of the list when I saw it. This movie is called Overlord. I saw it because my dad recommended it. My brother, they saw it together. They're like, go see this movie. And all I knew about it was like from the trailers was like, oh, so this is another Nazi zombie film. You know, I'm a fan of Dead Snow. Those are like some foreign uh, German like Nazi zombie movies that i was like i'm a fan of they're really over the top and goofy but they're like in an evil dead way in a really good way but that simplification doesn't represent this movie at all whatsoever this movie is again one of the funnest times most fun experiences i've had in a theater i can remember in 2018 because like i said i wasn't expecting it anything from it so i think it really just hit me from the beginning. It has one of the best opening sequences of last year for sure. And the smart decision I think they made 
was by not making this a horror film. Like, and what I mean by that is it starts off, it's just a regular war film, what you'd expect to see, you know, from Saving Private Ryan or something else where you're getting to know these characters in the midst of action, in the midst of, uh, you know, them bantering back and forth with each other and getting to know like, oh, okay, this person is, is going to be this kind of archetype. But people start, are dying left and right. You don't know what's going on. And then it, it, it becomes kind of a, uh, a mission to survive movie um, for like half of it uh, and on German soil. And like the whole time I'm wondering like, okay, when is this stuff going to come in? And it's not even Nazi zombies at all. That's not, that's not what really this is. I mean, technically, and I'm not going to even give away what it is, but they introduced the horror element pretty much halfway when through the movie which is like it takes a lot of balls to do that when you're advertising like that but it just has to do with some fucked up experiments so i'm gonna say and there's there's definitely some really good creature monster zombie effects whatever you want to call it and it's a good war film first and then a horror film second i wouldn't say it's really scary i mean it takes a lot for me to get scared but you know probably some good jump scares but when they get to like like I said, when I get to German soil, German bases, it becomes, you know, really um, thrilling. You have they have to survive. They have to blend in. They have to sneak into bases and like use um, tactics and action in a more subtle way than what you would think of Nazi zombies. Oh, like let's just machine gun fire the whole time. No, it's really smart and like well paced. And like I said, the effects are really good. J.J. Abrams produced this thing. So he wasn't my favorite with horror last year but if you're gonna watch one that he did um from last year uh, i would say watch overlord and it's not in theaters anymore but i can't wait to own this one on blu-ray uh it's probably one of my most underrated unexpected films uh since upgrade last year but this one just made it a little higher for me because um i think it's it's gonna lend itself to more rewatchability i think the the budget is obviously a lot bigger um and i still love upgrade 2 though that that barely narrowly missed my top 10 but yeah overlord go seek it out i recommend it let's get into my number nine so the tail end of the top 10 list is always the hardest because all the films that are like in my 11, 12, the teens um, that I wanted to mention, I wanted to put in, just barely didn't make it. But, you know, Overlord with the war and the horror film genres were did an excellent job of what, what they accomplished. And in number nine with themes of race, we had a lot of good films this year. Sorry to bother you. I really didn't care for, but a lot of people like uh, just went completely off the rails for me in the second half. But hey, if... Uh, you like what you saw in the trailer that's what i appeal to that's the first half of the movie that might be enough for you the second half just didn't didn't work for me um the hate you give could have easily made my top 10 unfortunately it didn't it's it's right up there though but for my number nine it's blind spotting what what stuck out to me about blind spotting is it is very funny there's a lot of comedic elements to it um the, the two main leads are really fantastic at selling just the authenticity of living in Oakland. They're movers and they live in the same neighborhood. And I thought that was 
a great way to show the gentrification of the neighborhood they were living in not even being recognizable to them i thought their relationship was really interesting because the black man was on probation and was nervous to go back to prison and the white man was more on some like savage shit and was like fuck it yolo i'm I'm gonna do whatever i want and probably get away with it because of my skin and they deal deal with that uh the white guy has a black girlfriend and kid there's a really powerful scene with the kid and you know gun violence there's they deal with police brutality um identity issues they deal with so much and it it pretty much for me like all worked and it led to this climax uh this the last rap scene um and there's just some stylistic choices they made that with color and it just irradiated off the screen what like the the points they were trying to make they made it in a very stylish and comedic way that made it appealing but it also made you think and like wonder about certain things in america that are going on and from looking at it from a different perspective which i really enjoy like i said it really affected me and i think the film did its job so that's my number nine blind spotting i suggest everyone go check that out when it becomes available that's my number nine let's go on to number eight All right, and in my number eight spot is a film that I was very highly anticipating. It's not like my uh, my last two picks where I didn't know what to expect. I knew what to expect. I had high expectations. I I went with my little brother, and we both were like, let's see what all the hype is about. And we both were really, really satisfied. Number eight is Incredibles 2. What an incredible film, no pun intended. Like, just Brad Bird's mind in creating these four characters the family and then now having uh jack jack he he was really the star of the film to me jack jack you know you got teased in the end in the end of incredibles one uh in 2004 and all these years 15 years later and it's like what are they gonna do and they followed it up with a midlife crisis story with gender roles reversing with the mom and the dad uh also with you know the the kids growing up and you know uh violet dating i thought it the the amount it balanced the villain uh they didn't really reveal itself at first and then it kept you guessing and even though i did guess who it was it didn't take away from what i liked about the film and just how it celebrates superheroes in uh a animated setting but like I said, this is the the best Fantastic Four film we have to this day, uh, this series. And I'm okay if they don't make another one. Um, I don't think they will. But if they do, it just gave me hope that they could pull it off. Because it's very rare a sequel can come 15 years later and be just as good, if not better, than the first one. I don't think I would put it above the first one, if I'm being honest. I, I rewatched the first one before I saw the second one. But I think it's right up there. I mean, for, for it to even be up there is an accomplishment. So I recommend seeing it. I haven't seen, as far as like animated films go, that's one of the tops. Uh, I haven't seen Wrecker Ralph 2. If anyone's looking for that on my list, I'm sorry. I just didn't get to it yet. It's it's in my plan to go see soon. So, But Incredibles 2, that is my number eight 
go see it go check it out it already made a shit ton of money it will make a lot more on blu-ray and i don't blame it i mean it's a entertaining film for parents and also for kids and like i said the jack jack scene with the with the dad watching him is some of the best physical comedy i've seen all year so that's why it's my number eight My number seven film is one that I just caught on Redbox recently. Another surprise that just like completely blew me away. This one is called Searching. I knew nothing about this movie going into it. I think my friend saw it and was like, just go see it. And I was like, I had heard not to go into it blind. That's the way to go. So I feel kind of bad talking about it. I won't give a lot away, but I'll just give up the basic premise of it, I guess. If you don't want to listen to it anymore turn it off it's okay go to the next segment i don't blame you searching features john cho i've been a fan of his since harold and kumar i think above comedy though he's he's done some excellent work in other other movies too and this is just one to add to that list searching is about a man trying to find his daughter uh and the catch all catch about this movie what people are going to really know it for is that the entire thing is on screens so you're going from windows from the 90s to macbooks to facetimes to skypes to facebook everything is about him trying to find his daughter so you're you're basically searching with him which is what i liked about it i think the the opening montage was like the closest thing to um up that i've ever seen in getting you to care for these characters in a very short amount of time but really effectively uh deborah messing from will and grace was in this as a detective i thought um she did a really good performance as well there's so many twists and turns with with this movie you don't know who to trust uh if the daughter's still alive if she's dead if they just mislead you in so many ways and then you know kind of going over the special features on the dvd afterwards um there's a lot of easter eggs in this thing for just from like advertisements and sidebars and news articles that they have on the the side of web pages that i know is going to make this thing a really good rewatch and i i like this is another one uh, all these top tens i i either own them or i'm going to so i can't wait to buy searching add it to my collection because this thing was entertaining as hell worked as a thriller kept you guessing all the way up until the end and the the device thing is not going to be for everybody um it's been used in the unfriended series i unfriended 2 was actually pretty decent i I didn't hate it like some people did Uh, i actually liked it probably better than unfriended 1 just because of what it did with uh the dark web um, but I know it might get not work for everyone. So, but I think searching is the best that this medium has to offer. And again, watching the special features and seeing all the filmmakers did to get this film made, basically laying out the entire thing, like storyboards with including voices and acting out the whole thing to get all the actors on board. You can just tell by the detail that they had, um, how dedicated they were. And it really shows is this is a filmmaker that i feel like is going to have a bright future if he keeps on going with just these creative ideas and sticks with it because like he he did not even know how to be a filmmaker before he made this he he admitted but he just had this idea and he knew how he wanted it to be done and that is what you see it's a it's an artist's vision and it really worked for me so i recommend my number seven film of 2018 is searching
My number six film of 2018 is one I had high expectations for again. Um, but I was also kind of nervous for a little bit just because there's been so many iterations of this character. You know, is it going to live up to that? And I think it succeeded my expectations and it is one of the best iterations of Spider-Man that have ever been on screen. And that's Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, yeah, Spider-Man is one of my favorite superheroes. This is not a secret if you follow me on social media at Misfit Minded pretty much everywhere. <laughs> um, but the reason I like him is just his relatability. Uh, you know, he is your average kid in high school trying to navigate the social awkwardness of that on top of saving his neighborhood, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So when they did Miles Morales in the comics, I was, you know, welcoming of that. I, you know, why not? Again, Spider-Man is everybody. He can be black. He can be Puerto Rican. He can be whatever race. He represents kids going through something. And so Miles Morales in here, what what an amazing character. Shamik Moore absolutely killed the voice and nailed how his character needed to be. But just his relationship with his father, I think, really worked in, another, in a very funny way, um, but also in a, one that's very serious where, you know, the, the old trope of like the cop hating Spider-Man. And, you know, so like we've seen that a million times, but I think they just did it in a really dynamic way. There's a lot of twists and turns. They have a lot of villains, a lot of different iterations of Spider-Man in this singular movie by itself. A lot of people have been complaining about the Kingpin um, design, but I was just like, this is a animated version if you didn't realize this. So everything is supposed to be over the top and exaggerated. So Kingpin's design of being just this hulking character was, you know, fit to me what they were trying to do. Uh you know, Lord and Miller did it again. They did the Lego movies and, and taking something I thought was just going to be really stupid and could not be made into a good film. And again, Spider-Man is a Spider-Verse. Very unlikely. I thought that they were going to pull this off and it was going to be this good. I actually almost had it higher on my list. I think just because it, it's very recent and I want to see it again and um, it might move up. But for me, this is where it landed. Um it's one of the best superhero movies of the year uh the voice work and the music man i never thought there'd be so much hip-hop incorporated into a superhero film before like that's really like i said spider-man's for everyone this is to me is like my spider-man like you know listens to biggie listens to old school he he graffitis he, he embodies hip-hop he embodies you know minority kids and maybe what their tastes are like so i definitely related to it on that level the animation style was like I was reading a freaking comic book and with the pains and the voice bubbles and it just like it really blew me away. And then on top of that, there's different animation styles within this movie with like anime um, and like more like a Looney Tunes style. It was just the stuff that they pulled off in this movie. I really hope they do another one of this because it was just so ambitious and one of those where it's like. We want to reward creativity in filmmaking, and although this isn't like the first time it's Spider-Man's been on screen, it's probably one of my favorites. I think I might still pick Spider-Man 2. I love the Tobey Maguire, first two Tobey Maguire movies, and I might put two over this, but I mean, this is probably my second favorite, if I'm being honest with myself. And like I said, it probably will move up 
the more I rewatch it. So can't wait to own it. Can't wait to see it again. And if you're looking for something to see this season, I recommend uh, Aquaman or Spider-Man. Those are the two I last two I've seen and loved both of them for different reasons. So go see it. So my number five film of 2018, I vividly remember being in the theater. It was a very, it was a late night. I think it was me and one other person, and I was just mind fucked at the end. <laughs> and I loved it so much. I went out and read the book that it was based on, and I can honestly say I love the movie more than the book, and which it's which is rare, but it it has happened a few times because I think filmmakers can take the story and and cut out some of the details you don't need and make a just convey it better in a, in a more entertaining way and i think that's what happened with my number five film annihilation this thing has an all-female cast which i absolutely loved uh led by natalie portman got tessa thompson jennifer jason lee always good to see her in things uh gina rodriguez and they're going out and trying to explore this new kind of bubble the shimmery bubble they call the shimmer uh, and they don't know what it is, what it wants. Is it an alien, you know, life form? It's just kind of this like force field. And when you go inside of it, all the laws of nature are broken. Uh, Natalie Portman is a marine biologist and everyone else is like, they all have different functions, but they all are military trained. Uh, I know a lot of people were disappointed that this wasn't more action heavy because of the trailer. Um, this wasn't really advertised to me as an action movie. It was a sci-fi. So uh, I think that argument is, is kind of a moot point because it has some action in it, but this is more of a sci-fi. And I would even argue horror. There's a lot of horror elements that remind me of the thing. There's a creature halfway that is just so terrifying um, and suspenseful, just like the thing was. And I'm not going to give away what what the design of it was, but I mean, like whoever came up with that, it was just so freaky um, that it's like the stuff of nightmares, basically. Um, the effects of the shimmer are so trippy and beautiful at the same time that you don't know i think there's something really scary about something that appears beautiful but really has a darkness laying behind it and i think this the movie captured it a lot better than the book did to me natalie portman I, i'm a huge fan of her um so i i just think that uh for her performance this whole as the lead the entire way um my eyes are glued to the screen Oscar Isaac also is in is in this movie Benedict Wong and at the end there's a lot of interpretations as to what happened I have mine um, which I I'm not going to spoil here if you haven't seen it but I have seen it in theaters I have bought it and rewatched it I've watched all the features and how they came up with the stunt work and creatures and the shimmer and the design of it all and I think it was just a bold and ambitious movie that they really pulled off and I think deserves all the recognition, but it's not really getting it. Um, so, but I knew right away it was going to be my top of the year for sure. It's just such um, visually beautiful and really ambitious science fiction film that leaves you thinking, which I think is a good science fiction movie. So that's my number five. Let's move on to number four. So my number four film of 2018 is one that I saw for my birthday. My family actually took me and I, I could tell they were hesitant to because it's not one of the big blockbusters, but it's one that 
is very hard to advertise. I understand why some people might not want to see this because the, the trailers make it look way more generic than it actually is. I love this film, though. It's it's co- called Green Book, and it's with Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali as the two main leads. I'm a huge fan of both of them. I think they're some of the best working actors today. Peter Farley directed this. You might know him from comedies like There's Something About Mary or Dumb and Dumber, which are some of the best comedies of the last couple years and so you might think wait he did directed a movie about racism in the 60s and so to that point i would say yes and it's entertaining as hell because of that because he balances the line of humor and these two leads relationship and uh the basic premise of it is this musician needs security to help him travel through america in the 60s and especially in the south where they weren't as kind to african-americans wouldn't let them stay in certain hotels wouldn't let allow them the same opportunities weren't use the same restrooms and so even though uh this man is a wealthy and one of the top musicians in his field in the country he's still dealing with this racism so i think they dealt with a lot of issues of class uh vigo morrison uh was italian-american i thought that was an interesting dynamic that they brought to it because you know it, it's very famous that, you know, Italians and African-Americans don't get along in shows like The Sopranos. They deal with that and Goodfellas. But and so there is a lot of that um, bias that you, you are like in the back of your head. You're like, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard of this. I've seen this before. But I would say not like this and not breaking through those walls like in this movie. Uh, Linda Cardellini is Viggo Morrison's wife. And I think their relationship is very charming. I said it in my Stardust review, but I I think this is the planes, trains, and automobiles of Christmas. Um, I really do think that, especially at the ending, it just it it made you feel really warm. And the comedy doesn't take away from the very serious um, consequences and issues that they deal with in the movie. Um, Viggo Mortensen gets to see things from um, Marshall Ali's perspective, and vice versa. It's a cross-country traveling film that is entertaining as hell and i thought um the fact that Viggo mortensen knew more about black culture and music and food than mahershala ali did was an interesting idea of again of identity that you don't see in a lot of movies but like you know just because you're black or mexican and you don't have to embody the stereotypes that many people would would assume on you because you don't represent your entire race and i think they dealt with that very beautifully um yeah i i completely love this film it was very charming and funny and i recommend it you go see it uh it's my number four film of 2018 so my number three film of 2018 is very funny dealing with racial issues just like green book but it leaves you in a very different state of mind than green book does and that is black klansman i saw it in a theater this one was pretty packed and i thought people were laughing just like i was it was very hilarious even though it's dealing with very serious issues and i think that's thanks to spike lee's direction he added a lot of style to this thing and the way he told it and and with the beginning and ending um being very serious though and, and leaving you thinking about what you just saw but the story the main story um is about this detective in the 70s played by john david washington who does a really great performance and he goes undercover 
he's trying to prove himself to the force but also trying to prove to his his own self that he's a gifted cop and he goes undercover and he's trying to break down the kkk like how do you how do you even begin to dismantle an organization like that well he becomes phone pals uh with the leader of the kkk uh david duke i believe his name was and uh, that's played by Topher Grace, which I think was perfect casting because, you know, he's Eric from that 70s show. He's that really like you don't think of him as a villain, but that that's what the KKK is. They're everybody. They're everyday man, men and they have regular jobs. And so, you know, David Duke joking with uh, John David Washington about the pure race and you sound like a white person. I know for a fact you're a white person. It was just like. It was hilarious to like just the the forces reactions, but also uh, John David being so convincing in his white voice. Uh, basically, it's what I wanted from. Uh, I'm sorry to bother you, uh, Adam Driver as his partner. Adam Driver is just probably one of the most underrated actors working today. He just <laughs> every role he's in, he commits to it fully. I loved his character in this in this. Um, and just the way things play out, this is one that I really wanted to read the book. I, I just didn't, um, just like doing this review right now reminded me that I want to read the book and see the, what actually happened. They do show, I think some videos and, and photos. If I, if I remember, I haven't seen it since the theater. So it's been a while, but this is one I'm definitely owning. And I know I'm hard on Spike Lee sometimes, uh, just for his recent films and his output, but the reason I do that is because I love Do the Right Thing. I love Inside Man. I love um, some of his films. I just I know that like his he's so talented, and I know what what he can do. Oh, Malcolm X! Not forget Malcolm X. Um, so with a, I just think that he needs a story that uh, he can adopt in in his own style and that works. And I think Black Klansman was exactly what he needed. Oscars. This is like my plea to the Oscars to give this man not only a nomination he should win for this movie you guys have given him the the shoulder for fucking ever since 88 well with do the right thing he needs to be nominated and win because i have not seen a movie um done by a veteran this good um ever like this year um i don't think so in 2018 so that needs to happen. I can also see nominations for Adam Driver. Um, a lot of these top five I can see being nominated. Um, John David Washington, I wouldn't be, you know, upset if he got nominated. But I think more Adam Driver's character for me um, just stood out for whatever reason. But, I mean, they're, they're both talented. Like I said, I can see them both get nominated. Most Mostly I want Spike Lee because... They've just given him the cold shoulder for a lot of years. Malcolm X, he should have won. <laughs> um, if you look back at those years, I always look look it up. I always forget, though, what, what won over him. But it's always, like, really that one over Spike Lee. It's just ridiculous. So I'm hoping this year they reset the wrongs. Um, the past two years, I, I've the movie I wanted to win have, have won. So Shape of Water, I'm so happy that Guillermo del Toro got his oscar win for that and um moonlight i'm so glad that, that beat la la land for one <laughs> and uh also that it won so let's move on to my number two
My number two film of 2018 comes from A24. I really love what they do with horror, even though it's very divisive and not for everyone. Number two is how to even begin to describe it <laughs> as a movie. It's just an experience like no other. I saw it in a packed theater. And this is how I know this was the scariest movie of this year because this has never happened before uh, for another movie. But there was these kids talking in front of me. And, I, you know, I've already ranted about people talking in theaters and how it's my pet peeve. And so I'm just in my back of my head like, man, I hope I don't have to fucking say anything to these people in front of me. It's just it ruins my mood and just the movies that I'm seeing. And maybe about half when the first crazy thing that happens happens those kids were silent the entire rest of the the movie and then walking out i hear this kid going man that was the most fucked up shit i've ever seen <laughs> so i was like you know what this movie thank you for saving a bad experience movie experience but also just being a great fucking horror movie like this thing directed by ari aster he's a re- he's a really great director and how he managed to make the horror on such a familial scale but also seem very minuscule like it made it seem like we were watching it it was very voyeuristic in that way with the what the dollhouses is very intentional that he did that um tony collette man she, she needs an oscar nomination as well that's one that there's no way that you can tell me an actress per- outperformed her in what she had to do. She had to be a, gr- a mom. She had to be angry. She had to be like suspicious, like demonic, everything. She went through the entire gamut of emotions in this, what, hour and a half, two hour movie. And she killed it. She, without her, this movie does not work. She was 110% committed to this role. Um, I don't want to give anything away again because this is a mystery, like thriller, horror. Um, a lot of people, you know, just I've I've seen the comments. This wasn't even scary. What the fuck? Blah blah blah. As they do with every A twenty four film, A twenty four makes movies that will get to the core of what horror is. Like a lot of these people, I feel like will watch The Shining and say that's not scary because it's not traditional blood and guts and what have you. It, it gets Stanley Kubrick understood that too. It it gets to the core of what scares you that's what hereditary is it's everyone deals with family issues and you know mental illness things that you get that passed down from generation to generation well what if that shit that was passed down happens to be demonic (laughs) and you know you're not sure if that's what's going on or if tony collette's crazy the mom is crazy but once the ball starts rolling halfway through the movie it starts off really slow and deliberate and dealing with death in the first half and in burying the grandmother but then once you start finding things out and the family starts getting into it and you know emotions start flaring up um surrounding the deaths it gets fucked up it has (laughs) one of the most viscerally scary scenes towards the end uh involving a piano wire that's all i'm gonna say there's also things in the background creeping in, in corners similar to haunting of hill house on netflix where this thing you rewatch it and you're doing yourself a favor i'm as tough as it is to watch for some people it's you just watch it and in the, in the right mood uh when you're when you can take the uncomfortability and you're you're being rewarded with everything that the filmmaker wanted you to see 
it's such a fucking creepy movie with (laughs) oh i forgot to mention the little sister and she's making these clicking sounds and like the the music doesn't like jump out at you like the nun for example like where it's just jump scare jump scare jump scare with like the loud music cues no this thing is like clicks and silences and dark rooms and uh the son loses his mind throughout the movie and you're you're just not sure what's going on and at the very end you're left with like whoop <laughs> what was that and so that's why hereditary is my number two if you're into horror i highly recommend it if you're not i highly recommend it as well because it's just it's a landmark of filmmaking and acting um and it just works on every level to me so that's why it's my number two of 2018 so my number one film of 2018 is one that if you follow me on social media you know that this was my favorite film of the year when i saw it in theaters it has not changed and it's not for you know lack of trying to find something better than this but in terms of scale in terms of how i felt going into it and in terms of like the audience just their reactions when i saw it and rewatching it a bunch of times owning it when they put it on netflix i watched it on christmas day and my family was just glued to the screen we had we had a party to go to and all of us sat through and watched the entire movie it's just that freaking good avengers infinity war is my number one film of 2018 and just like logan was last year it takes the superhero genre and made an epic you know two and a half hour long movie where you get all these characters you love you know you got all their solo movies out of the way and some people think that that's like a knock on infinity war like well if you haven't watched all the solo movies you're not gonna know what what's going on i really disagree with that um because i think this is entertaining as hell whether you know the characters or not but you know even even so like i'll grant that argument that makes me respect this movie even more because the russo brothers had to take in all this mythology all this lore all the characters and make it work in a single movie and they did that and uh you know not a knock on joss whedon i thought he did an amazing job with the first avengers this was the first time something like that was ever done that movie is just as epic um and i love that film second one kind of disappointing uh ultron the trailer was was crazy had me thinking that it was going to be an epic battle and it kind of just was you know disappointing at the end it was kind of just your average um you know superhero villain affair but with thanos in this one he really brought something serious that you know even i was like wow man they really nailed it josh brolin did a great job uh, doing the voice and the just the um the acting as well you know on the special features you can see him and how the the other actors interacted with them it's really amazing the technology and how much of this is cgi because it is like in space and in wakanda um my favorite scene has to be where thor meets the guardians of the galaxy it was teased in ragnarok and it did not disappoint when thor comes on board and star lord loses the entire respect of his crew (laughs) it's just it's just hilarious you know um him getting his eye back uh him and him and group group being like the spoiled teenager i love that um the ending with the snap there was memes for weeks 
after that happened i just think it, like i said in, in, as far as impact and movies that are going to stand the test of time this film this film is a landmark this is like it was the 10 year anniversary of mcu people are always complaining about you know superhero fatigue and like how can they make this last russo brothers they did the winter soldier that's one of my other favorite mcu movies i think infinity war is my number one mcu movie of all time it's just that good anyone who tries to tell you different tell them to rewatch it because like i said to have everyone from all ages on christmas day watching infinity war over doing anything else that just tells you how freaking good and entertaining this movie is spider-man you know having a spider sense the for the first time in this mcu and uh his spider iron spider suit awesome uh everything was either like a fist pump moment or an emotional moment like with gamora or just uh you hating uh thanos but at the same time you understand where he's coming from like i said all the best villains have that thanos has that to a t and you almost respect his dedication to it just like you did with killmonger and black panther that's another one of my top films of the year just not my top 10 um so avengers infinity war it's uh, a classic movie already to me i can't wait to see what they do with endgame and that is my number one film of 2018 so call in let me know what you think of this list i'm gonna uh say a few few more words before i get out of here but that is my top 10 to wrap it up all right guys that is it for me today i gave you my aquaman review gave you my rankings of top 10 of 2018 2019 is already looking like a great year for movies i can feel it and i'm gonna go into it sometime this week about my top 10 most anticipated films of 2019 um i for tomorrow's show i had a great suggestion from a old buddy from high school antoine uh who suggested that i i break down films by genre my top films of 2018 by genre instead of just my favorites which i thought was a great idea so that's what i'm gonna do i usually do what to watch wednesday um on wednesdays but uh in in keeping with 2018 and closing it out my thoughts of it i'm going to be doing some honorable mentions that didn't make my list but i still think are great films and i'm also going to close out other lists as well as far as music and tv shows um because here at misfit minded we do all types of art not just movies even though that is my bread and butter so thank you to the fans I'll call in as always and give me your top 10 i'd love to hear that um thank you to the sponsors and as always enjoy your mind trip but don't trip on your mind <laughs>